Iran has handed over a key document to the International Atomic Energy Agency. The IAEA had been asking for it for two years. The document is a blueprint that could be used to make components for nuclear weapons. Iran says its nuclear program is peaceful. The United States warned today that Iran's selective cooperation with the IAEA won't stall steps toward a new round of international sanctions against Tehran. Barbara Slavin is the author of Bitter Friends, Bosom Enemies, Iran, the U.S., and the Twisted Path to Confrontation. The title of your book, Bitter Friends, Bosom Enemies, implies kind of a love-hate relationship. And that relationship between the U.S. and Iran is about a century old. What do you think are the relevant artifacts in those some 100 years that continue to inform how the U.S. and, and Iran engage today? As I write in the book, both countries have uh, grievances against each other. In 1953, the CIA overthrew a popular prime minister, Mohammad Mossadegh, who had nationalized the Iranian oil industry and put back on the throne the Shah of Iran, who was overthrown in the 1979 revolution. In the 1980s, uh, there was a dreadful war. Iraq attacked Iran, a war that went on for eight years. Over a quarter of a million Iranians were killed. And uh, the United States backed Iraq, backed Saddam Hussein in that war. So that is a huge grievance. Of course, on the other side, Iran seized American hostages in 1979, held 52 American diplomats hostage for 444 days. Uh, and Iran also has supported groups that have committed acts of, of terrorism and violence, uh, the death of over 200 Marines in a bombing in Beirut in the early 1980s. American hostages were seized. And Iran supports groups that have killed Israelis as well. So there, there are these deep grievances on both sides. Curiously, though, there have been a number of opportunities in the past few years uh, for all of this tit-for-tat kind of to get scrubbed up. I mean, starting with just after 9-11, Iran empathized deeply with the United States, perhaps unexpectedly. Why then was the opportunity for dialogue kind of squandered? Yeah, you know, I think this is the biggest strategic opportunity missed by a Bush administration, uh, administration which has missed so many strategic opportunities uh, during its time in office. The Iranians in the U.S. were actually on the same side because the Taliban, which was in control in Afghanistan and which had harbored al-Qaeda, al persecuted, murdered uh, Afghan Shiites. And Iran and Afghanistan had almost gone to war in 1998. So after 9-11, there was, first of all, Iranians in general sympathize with the United States. You mustn't believe the death to America. America chants. That's all propaganda. And so there were spontaneous demonstrations in the streets of Tehran and other cities in support of the United States. And then the Iranian president, Mohammad Hatami at the time, came to the United Nations in November 2001, and he let it be known that he was bringing with him a large uh, delegation, including counterterrorism experts from the Revolutionary Guard. You remember that name. Hatami was offering cooperation against al-Qaeda. And uh, he also wanted to visit uh, the the uh, the site of the the bombing uh, and uh, pay his respects to those who had died in the attacks on the World Trade Center. But these requests were denied, rebuffed, ignored, and and that was a first opportunity that I think was lost. There actually were talks that took place between the United States and Iran from the fall of 2001 through May 2003 on an almost monthly basis, except for one month. And, and they dealt with issues such as what to do with al-Qaeda members who were fleeing Afghanistan. And they also dealt with Iraq. And the Iranians warned the United States what would happen when they overthrew Saddam Hussein. Uh, obviously, the U.S. Didn't, didn't listen very carefully. But these talks took place. And then in May of 2003, the Iranians made this offer for broad negotiations between the two countries. And I've got the offer, actually, the agenda for talks is, is printed in the annex to my book. But it was May 2003. You know, you remember a mission accomplished. Um, things seemed to be going well in Iraq, and 
the Bush administration thought it didn't need help from anyone, certainly not Iran, and that the sheer example of Iraq would be enough to terrify those in Iran and that Iran would be the next uh, regime to, to fall. So it was never taken up. But kind of uh, spectacular, too, when you consider that uh, the, the year before, President Bush had put Iran on the axis of evil list, and here they come with this great gesture. Well, you know, it was a trial balloon on their part. Sometimes I think Iran and the U.S. are like uh, adolescents at a, at a dance, at a school dance. You know, we're sitting on opposite sides of the room, and there's interest, clearly. There's chemistry there, but, you know, one is afraid to sort of ask the other one to dance because what if she says no? What if he says no? You know, so we have this pattern where whenever the Iranians seem ready, the U.S. is not. What does Iran want right now in 2007? The regime wants some insurance that it's going to survive, and this is not just the president, this is the regime writ large. Uh, Ahmadinejad runs for re-election in 2009, and if we play our cards right, he might not be the president after 2009. But the Islamic Republic of Iran, this bifurcated system with clerical control and some elected uh, aspects to it. They want regime survival. They want respect. In, in my book, I compare them to Rodney Dangerfield, the, uh, the old comedian who could never get enough respect. They want uh, to be acknowledged as an important power in the region. They don't want decisions to be made without Iran having a say. Uh, and ultimately, I think they would like sanctions lifted. The sanctions have been tightened and tightened and tightened, and it's very difficult now for their economy. Uh, they're having a lot of trouble doing business through banks. Their oil industry desperately needs investment um, and, uh, and renovations. So the, the outside world has cards to play here. Barbara Slavin is the author of Bitter Friends, Bosom Enemies, Iran, the U.S., and the Twisted Path to Confrontation. Thanks very much for coming in. Thank you very much for having me.